Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have you here today. Now, what we're going to be discussing is how to embrace the challenges that life throws your way. In talking about this topic, I think it's important to understand that your mindset and the way that you're viewing the challenges that come your way are going to dramatically affect how you feel about those topics. I think this is a great thing for us to be discussing on the heels of our last podcast topic, which was optimism. And we're going to work at applying optimism to the idea of how we view and accept the challenges that come our way. But before we jump into today's episode, if you haven't already left a review, we would be so thankful if you took a minute and left a review for us because it'll really help other people who need this podcast to be able to find it. And your ratings and reviews really help with that. The first place we're really going to start and focus in on is acceptance and really the process of what it takes to get to acceptance. But I would say to back up even a little bit more, to get to this place of acceptance, we first need to have awareness of what's happening and awareness of what's going on and exactly where we are in life. So I think really the first step is to be aware of not just the situation, but your feelings, the impact on the people around you, and maybe even aware of how you got there. So first, really taking a minute to figure out all of these things. And a really good way to have this awareness is to take a minute to journal, to sit down and just journal out your situation, your thoughts, your feelings, and give yourself kind of just this free time to what Tim likes to call it word vomiting, where you just let your thoughts flow without any judgment, without trying to direct it, but just whatever comes up, comes up and you write it down. And the reason why I like this type of journaling is it's just this stream of thought. So you're not trying to edit. You're not trying to worry about punctuation. You're not worrying about the accuracy of it or if anybody's reading it. But these are things that are just kind of flowing through your mind. And then when you do that journaling, it helps you to become more aware of it. But it's different compared to just thinking it through in your mind. I think a lot of times, especially with difficult emotions or thoughts, people's minds tend to cycle. You start thinking something, then you think another thing, then you think another thing, then bam, you're back to square one. You're thinking about the original topic again, and then you just kind of cycle through. But something happens when you write things down where your brain is able now to progress. It almost feels like, oh, I documented that somewhere. I don't have to re-review that, or I don't have to recall that because it's put down somewhere. And it actually allows you to progress a lot better. And just having those free-flowing thoughts sometimes can be even scary or uncomfortable because it's like, oh, what if somebody reads this? Well, if you're doing this type of journaling and you're trying to be as open and honest as you can be, and you're worried about somebody reading the contents that you have, the goal of this type of journaling is not to keep a record. It's to help your brain progress from where it's at to where it needs to be. So if at the end of your journaling, you want to get rid of it, feel free to. You don't have to keep it around if it's going to prevent you from having that real authentic, just here's what's going on in my mind type of attitude while you're writing it. Yeah, I think that's really good because as much as we don't think that we're censoring, when we have that in the back of our mind that somebody's going to read this, we really do censor things. And so maybe even have that starting out, you just get a piece of paper and you know, I'm going to get rid of this paper, but I'm going to get all my thoughts and feelings down and I'm just going to kind of process through the situation. And it's funny because I think we 
think that we're aware of the situation and we're trying to tell the story and we think, well, I already know what's happening or you already kind of know the story. But as you write it down and as you put things on paper, more and more things come to light because a lot of times we really aren't as aware as we think we are. And part of this is because we're just rushing through life and we're just so busy and so we're going from place to place and we're not really taking the time to slow down and be mindful about, okay, how am I feeling right now in this moment? Or if there's a specific issue or situation or problem that you're dealing with, maybe you jump immediately to fixing it and solving it. So you're not taking the time to slow down enough again to really think, well, how am I feeling about this situation happening? Or how am I feeling about them saying this to me? And I know that I'm guilty of this, not having enough margin and then jumping from activity to activity to then having to clean up the house to then doing the next thing. And I don't slow down enough physically, but even mentally, slowing myself down enough and reflecting about the day or the problem I'm trying to solve. And I think a really important thing when we're thinking about solving problems is that emotions oftentimes get in the way of us coming up with an actual solution to that. And so taking the time and working through your emotions is an important part to be able to then start strategizing and then figuring out how can I solve this difficult problem. And so it's not about ignoring them or trying to push them away, but actually trying to resolve those feelings. So then you can move away from that emotional processing part of your brain to that higher functioning executive portion of your brain that's designed to help solve problems. So as we talk about today, acceptance and that being part of embracing life's challenges, the first step really is that self-awareness and awareness of the situation in general. And this is something you can get better and better at by making journaling a regular part of your day and of your life. And it will just help you be more mindful and more aware of what's going on internally as well as externally and how the external is affecting you internally. So something to be aware of when you're trying to get to that stage of acceptance is that even if this is a situation where somebody hasn't died, you are still going to be going through essentially the stages of grief. Now, we have a whole podcast dedicated to this, but we'll run through the stages real quick so you have a brief understanding of what we're talking about here. So when you're thinking about the stages of grief, the first one is denial, this feeling or sense that this isn't real, this isn't happening to me. And even though something pretty bad may have occurred, it just doesn't really feel real. It hasn't hit you yet. Very quickly, you can then jump to the next phase, which is anger. You can just feel upset. This is unfair. This isn't right. And then after that, you move into the bargaining stage. Now, bargaining is like, what if I did this? What if I did that? Maybe this whole thing wouldn't have happened if only I had done X. And then depression, you just feel sad about the situation. And then the final stage, which is acceptance. Now, I do think the term stage is a little bit of a misnomer because it gives you the idea or impression that once you progress from stage one to stage two, that you're done with stage one. Unfortunately, that's not how it really goes. You can go from stage one to stage three to stage two, back to stage one, all the way up to the final stage of acceptance. And so just being aware that you might bounce around when you're going through these stages. And if you're aware and conscious of this, you'll see that you really do go through the stages of grief fairly frequently throughout your life, even if there's not somebody who's died or passed away. It's just, hey, I was planning on getting this new job. Oh, I didn't end up getting it. Then you go through that stage of grief. Man, I can't believe that I didn't get that job. 
then you get angry about it. Man, how could they not have chose me? I did such a good interview. I have such a good resume. And then bargaining. Man, maybe if in that interview I had said this or if I had told a joke, maybe they would have remembered me better. And then depression. Oh, gosh, you know what? Man, this really sucks. I didn't get that job. Now I'm stuck at this job. And then acceptance. You know what? I didn't get that job. I'm going to work on my resume some more. I'm going to send it out to more places. I'm going to get working on this. Right. So those stages of grief, you're really going through for any type of loss. Loss of a loved one, but also loss of ideals, loss of safety, like the example you just used of loss of that job opportunity, loss of a friendship, loss of self, loss of material things. So if you lose your iPhone, if you lose pictures, and as silly as it may sound, even the loss of something temporary, right? Like loss of your keys, where you know you're going to find it, just for a quick moment, you go through these stages, right? You're in denial or shock. You're like, oh my gosh, seriously, I don't have my keys again. And then you're angry, you're frustrated at yourself. And then you bargain, you're like, oh, if only I just put it on the key rack. And then maybe you're not in sadness or depression for a long time, but you're like, oh, bummed, right? You're like, why don't I have my keys? And then the acceptance part would be like, okay, I got to figure this out. And then you start looking for your keys or you continue looking for your keys. And so even though that may feel so silly when we talk about grief, right? Usually grief, we have this like idea of grief and mourning and such heavy things. But really these stages, you can go through them just even on a very, very small scale for any kind of loss. But that part of getting to acceptance and the process of getting to acceptance, you really do go through these other stages. And it's the same thing when you've had significant life changes or there's been trauma, you're also going to go through these stages. And acceptance isn't saying that by accepting this or by getting to the stage of acceptance that I am now saying that this is okay that this happened and it's not necessarily good or bad. It's just this idea that it is. This is where I'm at. I'm accepting the reality of what's happened or where I'm at right now. And so this by no means makes light of the situation that you're experiencing or minimizes the process and the emotions that you've had to go through. It really is just saying, okay, I'm accepting where I'm at. Because again, that acceptance now allows you to start moving forward. If you're ignoring it or pretending like this isn't a part of your life, then how can you go about challenging or correcting the current circumstance you're in? You can't. And so that acceptance is an integral part towards being able to then get away from, move away from this difficulty that you're currently experiencing. And like we said, we just went over a brief review of what grief is, but there are so many different nuances and it's very complex, especially when you're talking about grief due to loss of a loved one. We need to be very careful about using terminology or language like moving on or getting over because that's not by any means what we're doing. But when we look at grief and acceptance based on the loss of anything, it really does take moving to the stage of acceptance before we can move forward in our lives. And so as we look at the process and the stages that we have to go through to get to the stage of acceptance, it really is important that you get the support And you utilize different strategies and techniques to be able to make it through to acceptance. Because sometimes we can get stuck in certain stages. 
and we can stay in anger and frustration and just stay there and get stuck there. Or we can stay in bargaining, which is a really hard and scary place to stay because we can't change things from the past. And so when we're stuck in bargaining and we're stuck in the what ifs, if onlys, that's a hard place to be in because then it seems like there's no way out because we can't change the past. So it's really important that as you go through these different stages that you are getting support that you need and that whether it be friends, whether it be therapy, whether it be support groups, whatever it is, that you're not going through this alone because it's hard enough to go through loss or to go through difficult times. But then to have to go through that alone, it just adds weight onto that and the isolation that happens and all these different things. If you can really find the support and get the help that you need to walk through this, it doesn't take away all the pain, but it lightens the burden sometimes to be able to have someone there with you. And I think one of the important things about acceptance is that when you accept that this is the situation that you're in or these are the things that you have experienced, it allows you then to then start moving towards those solutions. And a good example of this, and I think this is something that I have found very frequently happens with people when they have experienced trauma in their life, is they come to this conclusion, well, talking about it, thinking about it, going to therapy about it, there's nothing I can do to solve the fact that I've experienced this. And so then what they want to do is just avoid talking about it altogether. I actually remember I had this client one time, we were working through their traumas, and then we came up to a pretty rough one. And then they ghosted me for an entire year. They just didn't respond to any contacts that I had sent them. And then they didn't try to contact me again until about a year came around. They came in. We worked on that scary trauma. And then it was so funny, the response that I got from this client immediately afterwards. They said, why did I wait a year to deal with this? Because it wasn't as bad as they had initially anticipated it was going to be. And so accepting that trauma may be playing a role in some of the difficulties, the emotions you're struggling with being able to move forward just in general in life, accepting that that's a part of the case then allows you then to go and start working back on those traumas to then get a resolution to them and then moving forward. But just ignoring them or pretending like they didn't happen, even if you become a pro at suppressing it where you haven't even thought about it in 15 or 20 years, that thing is still negatively impacting you and accepting that, okay, this is having some role in my life today because I haven't really dealt with that. But then when you come to that acceptance, now you're going to start making moves and steps to try to address that, to try to correct that. But just ignoring those things doesn't solve those problems. And it's funny because I had a very similar situation with a client. We were coming up on something really hard, and I get it. It was a heavy, heavy situation. And it's scary to have to think about and to relive. And she even warned me. She told me, I'm not going to come and see you for a year. And this is a well-established client who we have a great therapeutic relationship. But she said, I'm not going to come back for a year. And she didn't. She didn't come back for a whole year. And then she called me and she came back. And we processed through the situation fairly quickly. And she said pretty much the same thing. Gosh, I don't know why I waited so long to come back and to do this memory. Because in reality, she was experiencing it anyway in her life daily just in the things that she was remembering, in the anxiety, in the depression, all the stuff that she was experiencing due to this memory and this trauma. But she had so much fear of facing it head on. So she carried it with her for a year. And then once we were able to tackle it, 
and really go through it, yes, it's hard. And there's a lot of emotions that come up through the process of EMDR. But EMDR is so much quicker than pushing it aside or shoving it under the rug. And the difficulty of facing it head on will benefit you so much more than having to live with it anyway. Well, I think one of the things about it is that it is scary to directly address that. But when you don't address it, you're getting a twofold negative. One of the negatives is that you're experiencing heightened levels of negative emotions. But then the other part of this downside is that you're not experiencing as much positive emotions as you could. And just this idea that time is going to pass whether you work on it or not. If you work on it, then time will pass where you're experiencing less bad and experiencing more good. But then if you don't work on it, time will pass and you're just going to be experiencing more bad. And so it's one of these things where it's like avoiding it doesn't mean that you're not dealing with the difficulty of it. You're still dealing with that difficulty. And that's the hard part of this acceptance portion is that, hey, I'm carrying this burden whether I'm directly addressing it or not. And if that's the case, then that means that I should just directly address it so I can get this burden off of my shoulders and then get on with the rest of my life. I've definitely had some older clients say, man, I wish I would have found this 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And my response always to them is, well, that would have been nice, but at least you don't have to deal with this for the rest of your life. All right, you guys, we're going to stop there in today's episode, but join us in the next episode as we continue on in awareness and acceptance as part of the bigger series of Embracing Life's Challenges. Have a great day, and remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have a question or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.